0: Welcome to Wrestling While You're Crippled at Home, uh, episode two, featuring John Mason. I don't know if we have a title, so I called it Wrestling While You're Crippled at Home. Uh, Do we have a title yet or no? No. Ooh, uh no we don't have a title
1: (laughs) if it it were completely visual we could easily go with something uh it looks like you've got some sort of red wall i've got red curtains you know red curtain wrestling chat uh, something i don't know there'll be something coming up uh on the horizon for a name or that'll be my spin-off project that i do when i just need to rant about wrestling because i'm uh, sitting there bored at night just uh, watching too much wrestling and instead it, it of sitting there talking to myself it's fun to share it with the world
0: okay okay so why don't we start <laughs> with what what matches did John Mason watch last night
1: oh my goodness let's see so most recently last night I believe the last thing I watched would have been I think it's actually still up I'll get the show date down because I paused on stardom's pay-per-view i wanted to you know that's actually where i'll start with uh today i will be watching uh right after we get off uh this absolutely banger of a second episode of a podcast that i'm featured on i will be watching what's being renowned as a potential match of the year it's being uh some folks are saying it's better than uh osprey okada which that's saying a lot because that was a pretty freaking great match but starlight kid versus azumi for the high speed title I know the outcome. I know it's going to be an awesome match. They're longtime rivals, and they're about the same age. They've been wrestling each other for the last few years, on and off. Anytime they touch, it's just magic. So I kind of saved that for today because uh, it's uh, – a good day, hit hit a, a personal milestone for myself today. We'll just we'll just say so that's uh, uh it's a good thing. So I, I kind of saved it for that specific reason. But last night I was watching a Tokyo Joshi Pro show from twenty nineteen. Really, actually, of all days, it was from my uh, mom's birthday. It's from. Uh, april
0: 6th there of uh, 2019 no she wasn't born in 2019 That was kind of
1: odd but uh yeah i was watching it and uh i was just kind of a show to watch just to kind of like doze off to have on but it was just interesting because it did feature uh unagi sayaka who is a current stardom talent who i've watched just get
0: better and better Uh, i believe she debuted early in 2021
1: or so maybe late 2020 i don't know i'd have to look into that but it was just cool watching her even back in 2019 how different she worked there versus i mean it's something on tokyo joshi pro it's just a different style of presentation sort of like if you're working you know wwe versus an independent versus aew you know what i'm saying every, yeah. every company's kind of got their specific style uh that's that's just sort of how it is there so it's just funny even just seeing her hit you know a uh, kick then versus now it's like oh so much more impact so much more oomph on that yeah uh but yeah so that i was actually watching that show so all the matches that would be on there up until just about the main event uh, I was watching. And before that, a little bit of Stardom's most recent pay-per-view. But again, put myself on pause specifically for today. Cool. How about you? What's yeah? What's new on you?
0: What have I been watching? Uh, I just watch mainly mainstream shit right now. I watched Raw. The The ending with Edge and AJ Styles is pretty good. Edge, ah. Edge kicked AJ in the balls. I felt like AJ oversold it because he was, like, lying on the ground for 20 minutes while Edge was contemplating what to do. So then Edge did the concerto twice. But I felt okay. like AJ oversold the kick to the balls maybe too much. And, Edge, and they did a double turn. Edge went heel and AJ went face. Um, which is um, – I want to get your thoughts on Edge versus AJ. I know – Everybody's pretty underwhelmed for Roman versus Brock for, like, the 400th time in a row. The biggest wrestling match of all time because it's a unification match with both Fox and the USA champions, so it's not really a unification match. Give us your thoughts on the biggest WrestleMania match of all time, but it's not really not because it happened 300 times already. Uh, You know, I really don't mind
1: just because I'm one of those people that still thinks that they have good chemistry in the ring together, personally, they being Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, of course. Uh, There's a joke about pronouns in there somewhere. Uh, Yeah, Brock Brock and... I see a lot of people's frustration in Brock and Reigns going up against each other again, because it's like you said, it's not just that match. It's a lot of
0: matches where it's, oh, it's that one again, it's that one again, kind of situation. Uh, I think the big thing is
1: just they've, I'm hoping this is the culmination. I'm hoping that it's they had this match because I'm not going to sit here and remember, you know, action for action what happened. But I feel like it did kind of have a credible build of there being maybe their – no deciding factor because Seth Rollins cashed in, and then whoever won the match next. Let's say Brock won, and Brock won again. and finally Roman was able to beat him. And you know what I'm saying? There was some sort of story, and now at least it's like, oh well, hey, Roman wasn't able to wrestle the last match, right? Is that when uh, he got sick or something like that? Had a had a pull out? I don't know. Some, something happened, and. That's why Lester wound up. I don't know. Plans plans change, pal. Cards subject to change. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't quite remember since I don't follow it enough. But whatever the most recent things going on were, at least they could use that as some sort of build. Plus, yeah. you're saying the unification. So yeah. Um, after that, though, where would they go if they wrestled again? Right?
0: They're they're um, not they're not going to wrestle again ever. Hopefully. Okay. I yeah, mean, they shouldn't. I mean, I mean, but that's the thing is is Roland and Seth had a banger of a match at Rome at Royal Rumble. But Seth is on SmackDown, so here I am all, I mean on Raw. So here I am all confused being like, who is Roman Challenge on SmackDown? They just released friggin' Cesaro because they couldn't come to a contract with him. And I'm like, does he have to fight God? I mean, is God going to be signed to SmackDown at this point? (laughs) Roman versus God in the biggest match of all time? He did make that appearance uh, a few years ago, right? <laughs> up with Shawn Michaels. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway, um, no, I just mainly watch mainstream shit. Um, you know, I know that uh, Freelance Underground had a show last week, um, but I didn't attend. Yeah, I think, think it was running... Wasn't it running the same night as ICW, No Holds Barred? Yeah, and I believe yeah, you attended that show. Tell us about yes, it. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, because I believe Freelance Underground had the word chains in the name of their show, and I just wondered if it was a reference to uh, ICW, No Holds Barred, because mm-hmm. ICW uses chains instead of ring ropes. Yeah. Yeah, so, if you're not familiar with that. So tell us about the show. <laughs> uh, well... It's definitely a deathmatch show. Okay. Uh,
1: essentially, every match from top to bottom, you're gonna get some sort of gimmickry, or as they like to say, fuckery. Uh, so it was, it was what you would expect. So essentially, what you would hate from a wrestling show, uh, kind of thing that I would like. But, yeah, a lot of blood and violence in a safe way because as far as I could tell, no matches were cut short. Nobody seemed to be, like, gushing and need to be taped up or anything like that. Uh, Lots of just great energy from that audience because they had – just in insane concessions. I mean, there was tacos being made there.
0: One tacos, of the merch wow. tables. Yeah, one of the merch tables had candles and stuff. And this is
1: all just inside the little building. If anyone who's listening hasn't been to the, what is it, the five-star swap meet or, I don't know, some sort of flea market or whatever it is over there in uh, <laughs> Ville Park. The little area they do it in—it's just tiny. It's you know, it's astroturf, and they just had like a tarp over it. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it it was something. And that ring seemed like it was pretty stiff too. Yeah, no aprons on it. Yeah, Uh, crowd was wild. I will say, I was pretty proud of myself. I was sitting next to. Legitimately, the three loudest uh, gentlemen, they were having, you know, just like everyone else, they are having a real good time. The alcohol was uh, flowing freely for a lot of folks, including <laughs> those three men next to me. Not myself, as again, I, uh, I hit a personal milestone on that one today, of abstained from that. So I'm happy oh. because right when they came and sat down, right as the show began, I thought I lucked out and was just going to have three empty seats next to me. But the guy, uh, he introduced himself, shook my hand. I was like, we're kind of loud. Sorry. I was like, hey, it's all right, man. Just you know, have fun. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, but they, uh, they they did offer me one of their PBRs, and I did turn it down. So that was uh, oh. a fun moment on my part. I saw my buddy Big Lee, Big Lee's World, uh, uh, his, his awesome podcast that he does. Uh, I got to run into him briefly as well. But, yeah, great show. I'll wrap it up on that note just by saying, essentially, uh, everybody really, really worked hard. They put their bodies on the line there. Uh, Madman Pondo,
0: Mickey Knuckles. Wow. Pondo and Knuckles.
1: Exactly. Wow. Wow. Same. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. That was, uh, that's what I'll end it on. My favorite thing, one of the drunk gentlemen next to me, uh, handing Madman Pondo
0: cash to do the staple gun spot. Cause Pondo had the staple gun out, you
1: know, yeah. staple the
0: $5 bill to the face. Yeah. Pondo takes it. Thanks. Puts it in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Pondo, <laughs> Pondo, I believe trained Sarah Logan, also known as crazy Mary Dobson. I think, nice. I think they might have dated for a while because the first time I met him, he was like, I'm crazy, Mary Dobson's boyfriend or something like that. So so big ups to Pondo. I, I know he does that hardcore stuff. He's quite the gent too. He seems like a, a gentleman, seems like he came from nothing and he made himself into something. So big ups to Pondo in that regard. Um, he
1: seemed seemed cool just interacting with, like, uh, fans and friends of his. Yeah. You could tell he had, like, some crew there. He just
0: seemed like a real good dude. Yeah. and, and I, 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 Yeah, I met, I met him a, quite a few
1: years ago, and he was a good dude then. Seemed like a good dude still now.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to talk to you about, uh, you know, we were talking about the Tony Khan thing earlier, maybe mm-hmm. possibly buying Ring of Honor. I know that the Supercard show is coming up, and I just saw that Swerve Strickland, is going to be debuting on that earlier on Instagram. And oh, wow. I can't believe that WWE letting him go. Don't understand that at all. But I did see that Swerve is going to be debuting in April. Um, do you think this is going to be like a rebirth for Ring of Honor? Because I know they're going to have Gresham versus Bandito. I know they're going to have Swerve on the show. Do you think Tony Khan is going to buy Ring of Honor? What's going to happen?
1: Ooh, that is a tough one. Uh, (laughs) I hate to say wait and see because Tony Khan's going to make whatever announcement he's going to make today. But yeah, wait and see a little bit on that. I guess that's obviously going to play into it, but something's happening. I feel like with everything buzzing again, just today I saw it start to pop up again. Everybody talking about, oh, Ring of Honor being sold, Ring of Honor being sold, I feel like it was quiet for a short time and now that just really popped up. So I think, yeah, if, if anyone's gonna have something to do with it, it would be Tony Khan. Yeah. I wish it was Jeff Jarrett or something, but also I wish actually I wish I wish somebody else would still start something else, you know. There's always that like rumor, speculation that former promoters or whatever will start something. Uh, so, some sort of new company but speaking of new companies not to get off Ring of honor too much but i don't know if you've heard about the control your narrative oh my that.
0: god yeah let's talk about that let's <laughs> talk about that
1: i guess it has to be
0: talked about right? oh my god ec3 starting his own company with braun Strowman and carrying cross um do they have a television network deal or are they just indie right now uh, the most recent thing
1: I had read, I believe it was a uh, Sean Ross Sapp interview with EC3. Uh, I obviously did kind of the Cliff Notes version of it that I'm sure a lot of folks did. So not too much new information, maybe from me, or maybe there is, because I know not everybody checks out the interviews, but uh, EC3 had said in the next few days, they would announce something. And this was last night, this morning, whenever I... Well. Hello? So yeah. Yeah, sorry. I just uh got
0: Do you want me to start over again? It paused.
1: Yeah, give me just one sec, sorry. Call from someone. Didn't want to decline it. I'm not sure who it was, but yeah, we'll figure that out.
0: Okay. Um so anyway, back to control your narrative. We were discussing E C three. Okay, let's let's talk about it.
1: Uh, I definitely checked out their merch page, Uh, aside from everything, uh, they definitely are promoting a certain kind of look, certain kind of style to what they're doing. But yeah, EC3 had said that potentially he'd be announcing something in the next two to three days about some sort of a television or streaming deal, so uh, we'll see. There was some stuff rumored online, but he debunked it, said whatever people were talking about was absolutely not true.
0: Yeah. And I know that Cross and and Strowman are going to be a part of it. I mean, sure, sorry, still call him Strowman. I know his name is Adam Sure or whatever. Um, yes, I I do the same. But uh, but it's like I don't know if it's like if you're like the control your narrative champion, is your narrative ultimately controlled? Do you have control over all the other people if you're the champion of the narrative, or like how does that work? The the best I could gather. I'm thinking
1: that's just the name of the promotion to kind of represent people who maybe have been shunned a little, a little bit of outcast. People yeah. have been putting, You know, maybe they put themselves in bad situations. Uh, it seems like it's just an opportunity for them to have a bigger platform versus allowing everybody else to control where they're going, I mm-hmm. guess. I feel like that's the overall thing is it's a lot of people who are just unhappy. Look at someone like EC3. He didn't do anything wrong. He absolutely killed it when he was an Impact. Loved his run. Heck, I loved him as Derek Bateman before that. I thought he was funny. But then his EC3 run was just, you know, call him PJ Polaco because it was just incredible. Uh, but him coming to WWE then, that was nothing on him. You don't give one of the best speakers a microphone and what they got mad? Uh, something, something about the reaction in the match with uh, I don't know John Moxley. You know he was Dean Ambrose right before he left. It was yeah. little things like that where it's, it just didn't make sense. It really didn't. It just seemed like they didn't want him to succeed. I'm sure there's going to be other people who uh, folks are not as excited about. You know Austin Aries being one of the names announced recently. Oh
0: my god, Austin Aries. Let's just talk. I mean, to- I- do we even have the goal to talk about Austin Aries right now? Like
1: I lo- I like his work. I always have. So I'm interested to see where his head's at, what he does. Yeah, I don't know. All I heard was that he had a sabbatical down in Mexico, and he cleared his head or something, and he's coming back to tell his story. So we'll see. But, yeah, again, even on the old Reddit squared circle, the top yeah. story was him saying something that didn't seem very great, so I'm not even going to repeat it. Folks yeah. can go online and see for themselves what it was. But, yeah, yeah, things like that where exactly, like you said, do we even really need to say much, you know? About that, that? But, yeah, yeah, so we'll see when this all debuts. I think their first show,
0: it's coming up, right? Right, and I'll check it out. I'll check it out. But I know that Jonathan Gresham had his first show, Terminus, which Dave Fraser called. And that did, like, legitimate shoot-style right re- Well, not legitimate, because pro wrestling is not legitimate. We all know that. But, I mean, shoot-style quasi-legitimate wrestling. And I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that kind of Jonathan Gresham shoot-work-style stiff New Japan type of wrestling. What do you think yeah. about that?
1: you UWFI, I feel it's that kind of more... Submission. uh, Well, this will probably have a little bit more emphasis on the striking and all that, but obviously that more grappling based wrestling European style as well. Uh, You know, again, like you said, sort of that MMA ish influence on it. I think it's cool. They've got some sort of rule system in place. I know, similar to like the pure rules system in Ring of Honor. It's it's similar but different from what I had seen.
0: Yeah. Uh, which
1: I I like that because I always liked the pure rules division. I thought that was a cool, cool, unique thing that that ROH had in both of its incarnations: the original time and when they brought it back. Thought it was always fun. Uh, just showcases a different style of wrestling, which is something that's needed because. I've watched many independent companies. A lot of these companies are doing the same kind of thing, you know, uh, and that's not necessarily bad because they've got audiences. So they've got crowds and they've got crowds who are reacting. So uh, I think also, though, it's a matter of how long they could sustain that each individual company. Yeah. So I think it's also, though, that's going to be something for Terminus to fight against is having something that's a little bit different. It might not attract all of those fans who are going to, I don't know, uh, a black label pro show or whatever, you know, that was just the first, first company I could think of off the top of my head. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And uh, I know, I know that black label pro does like those indie dream matchups and, you know, and they also do that in warrior wrestling. Have you heard of warrior wrestling? They, oh yeah, yeah. I've been wanting to check them out live. Oh my god, they're they have a, like they book like Osprey and Ultimo Dragon, and they're like, yeah. it's like, where the fuck does this guy like get his fucking money to like book all these mainstream dudes? I
1: heard it's something to do with where they run through the uh whatever that. The, it's like a Catholic church or a Catholic school or something, some sort of Catholic school. Yeah, I guess yeah, they're they're able to somehow do it through there. I don't I don't know much about taxes or religion, so I'm <laughs> like the last person to talk to on those things. But apparently, it works out somehow that way. Because yeah, man, they get these new Japan stars, like you said, man. They're getting Osprey. I think they had um, maybe Ishii before, just all sorts of guys yeah. and girls. They get people from all over the world, where you're just. Like
0: how? How are they booking just match after match of just? And I'm like, how crazy? The, how the heck is this happening? You got Osprey and all these guys that I gone to see booked on a show, and now like they're booked and it's happening, and you're just like your mind is like blown because <laughs> it happens in like a a suburban school in the middle of nowhere, yep. and it's a Catholic school, so it's like, are is Jesus booking these guys? Is that how they Perhaps. That's how the steep booking fee gets waived for everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, how do you want to finish this up? A little Joshi question and answer session. So um, I know that was one of your ideas. So um, I ask you a question and you give me an answer? Uh, I
1: will do my absolute best there being put uh, on the pressure cooker. But, yeah, yeah, we could end it up that way. And then uh, if there's anything, uh, you know, that was really terrific or really terrible that you want to comment on before we go, feel free as well.
0: Okay. Okay. First of all, let's talk about um, I know you love Hana Kimura. Of course. it It was very sad what happened to Hana. So um, I'll ask you a question about Hana, you know, and I know it's kind of personal for you too, um, you know, so, you know, how does kind of Hana Kimura affect your emotions? And how do you want people to remember Hana Kimura? Well,
1: they got to just remember her for exactly who she was. And that's why she's had such an impact both from her work where, so many of us were saying, like, yeah, this this girl, she's definitely one of the future top stars. You could see where she was building. Her last few matches were against top competitors. She more than held her own. I mean, Mayu Iwatani and Hanakamura. Fantastic, uh, Hannah and Julia. Fantastic. That helped Julia really stand out when she was just coming into stardom. So there was there was stuff like that where you just saw it. You just you just saw it. Some people just have that. And what she really represented uh just in life and with her attitude her kindness or sweetness who she was as well behind the scenes someone that was regarded as the person who spoke the best english and to put the gaijin talent with her so so many of the foreign talent as well uh have shared great great stories over you know even before her passing you know great stories were shared about how much fun she was and just what a great sweet person uh but since then, it's been great that people who speak the same native language as me can share these stories and I can get to hear it not just through translations so of just what an excellent, just hard fighting person, you know, just in real life and inside of that ring, uh, Hannah was. That's how she needs to be remembered. And I think that that's where it's been at. And it just, it, it's going to stay, I think, and it's going to just keep, keep rising sorry a little emotional on my side but yeah it's it's going to it's going to keep rising in people's hearts and minds there uh what the meaning what she means to us but for me personally you know it really is kind of a day to day thing of just remembering that uh you know life life really is just this really special gift and it's unfortunate to know everything she was feeling inside because i know exactly the way I have felt in the way that, you know, I still have to battle uh, from time to time. You know, we were talking a little before we went on here. So, you know, there's there's different days that are great. There's different days that are not so great. And I know that um, I just don't, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that day. And I'll definitely just never uh, forget her. So I just, I got to keep fighting on it's, that's, is That's the easy way to wrap
0: it up. That's, you know, that's beautifully put. Um, I know that you have a bit of a fan fan crush, maybe wrestling crush on SLK, the Starlight Kid. Um, So tell us a little bit about the Starlight Kid. It's
1: such respect for her. More than anything, I'm really drawn, uh, just like I was with Hannah, I'm drawn to people who have that hard work ethic and that just instantly can stand out in some way. They don't even have to try to stand out, and you just you notice them. Starlight Kid is one of the smallest wrestlers on that roster. She somehow, though, can be one of the absolute loudest in her voice and her personality. She's fantastic on the mic so that's where i'm grateful for those subtitles but you could tell nonetheless you know regardless of what the language is if somebody is good at cutting a promo or if they're not you don't need to necessarily know exactly what they're saying but you could tell by their inflection you could tell by how the crowd's paying attention and reacting how they're interacting with, you know whoever they're in the segment with uh starlight kid is one of those people who already at, I don't know, she's nineteen twenty however old she is. Uh, they're not really public with her age because it kind of fits the character. Uh, so more public with a lot of the, the girl's ages, birthdays, things like that. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's a pretty cool thing they do there. But yeah, her work as a baby face, she was easily just your best top, baby face in terms of personality, not in terms of where she was booked on the card. She was booked in like a great utility role, but I started to see her rise up even more and more. And that was right in time for her heel turn. Uh, it was just utterly shocking. People didn't think it was going to work and that's what's propelled her career to a new level. She's had the best. I honestly put her 2021. Yes. She was up there as that was the best year of her career. And it was easily, she was in the top five of anyone. Uh, And it all culminates in a big way. Uh, At the end of this month, Stardom's doing two big events. One of those two will feature the return of Kyrie. Uh, You knew her in WWE. Kyrie Sane, she's returning to Stardom. Her home promotion is just Kyrie, all caps. Uh, She got to pick, legit pick her opponents, so she's doing a tag match on night one, but night two, Kyrie and Starlight Kid. That says a lot when you have the entire roster to choose
0: who your debut singles match is going to be against. And she picked Starlight Kid. Yeah, so imagine all the
1: more eyes, and there's already been more eyes on Stardom and on Starlight Kid because of the rave reviews of her recent performances. And now all these people who want to see what Kyrie is up to are going to see Starlight Kid at her best. And I'm telling you, the last two Starlight Kid matches I watched, Oh, it, that fire she already has was just turned up into just a, a blaze. It was, oh, she was just moving in that ring. You could tell she was calling what was going on in there. She's a ring general, that girl. I'm pretty, pretty positive. She's she's really good at calling matches uh, in the ring. She's, yeah. All right. All
0: she, right. She's good. All right. Well, that's, that's good information. Uh, yeah. I think we should close the show uh, because my phone battery is drained uh, and I'm pretty sure you got stuff to do. Um, Tell us why people should pay attention to um, Joshi promotions like Stardom or to Ice Ribbon or to any promotion that values women's wrestling in Japan or American women's wrestling like Shimmer. Tell us why they should pay attention to the ladies you just get some of the absolute best wrestling in my
1: opinion. Uh, you get different presentation obviously, different types of characters since it's a gender that you might not be as used to in wrestling. I feel like so many people instantly envision when you ask, "Hey, who's a famous wrestler?" They'll say Steve Austin, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, you know? They're not yeah. They're not saying Alundra Blaze, Bull Nakano, something like that uh unfortunately they're not naming those names but paying attention to those companies is important because of what they're presenting and i know a lot of wrestlers are paying attention to those companies so if you like some of the wrestling that you're already seeing on tv or other independent companies uh i notice some of those people are borrowing some stuff from some of those Street promotions because i watch those and i'm like oh, i've seen that before that move or even sometimes a, a sequence or something uh, can happen there's different styles all across the board i mean i was watching seedling where it was so hard hitting i was watching tokyo joshi pro where it was a little more entertainment based but can be really hard hitting and a moonsault mayu
0: iwatani's knee just cracked her in the face it happens so basically what you're saying is um it's an accoutrement of like different stuff like it's a potpourri of wrestling stuff like, it's a snack plate, but it's wrestling. Yes, that's yeah, great way, of, um, great way of putting it. That's basically that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the Joshi information. I know that we were supposed to do uh, Tony Deppin versus Trisha Adora, the hour match, but our schedules conflicted. We'll do that when I get back from Miami. Yeah. Because I'm going to Miami. Uh, I met this girl on Instagram, so I'm going to Miami. Um but Enjoy. Uh, um, but if that doesn't work out then i can always go to the club um but when we get back uh we'll try and do the trisha adora tony depp thing um is there anything you want to touch on for eight A- aew's next pay-per-view i think it's revolution do you want to talk about the mjf cm punk match to close it out um Hangman Page versus Adam Cole. How do you want to close it out?
1: Well, I definitely think both of those matches have a lot of anticipation, but I think a good way to close it out is kind of by pointing out that while it's the same audience watching it, it's almost two different parts of that same audience split interest between those matches. I would almost go ahead and guess without asking you. I could be wrong. I'm probably going to be wrong. You're more interested in the world title match than Punk versus MJF?
0: No, I wouldn't say that because I think Adam Cole is definitely going to lose. I think they're going to put the belt on on Adam Page. So I wouldn't say that. Of course, I know any time I think Adam Cole is going to lose. I'm not happy because I'm an Adam Cole man. And I know know that MJF is going to be Punk because there is no way – there's no way that Punk is gonna go over MJF in this situation here when they have a chance to legitimize MJF's stardom and put him over. So I think it'll Fair be enough. I think it'll be MJF versus Adam Page and MJF will take the belt. In fact, I don't think I I know it has to happen, and if it doesn't happen I'll be thoroughly disappointed. That's how much of a fan I am of MJF.
1: Well, that's the best way to close it, that. Because I was just going to say there's a bit of a dichotomy where I feel like the punk MJF crowd gets that entertainment, or that gets the more entertainment crowd, where the... Adam versus Adam matches as I, I'll just call it, that seems to get more of the, you know, ROH PWG wrestling match crowd, if you get my drift. I don't know. That's just kind of the way I feel about it in some form. Just yeah. the way that they, they've built them up and just the kind of performers that they are, really. I mean... You know yeah look at, look at adam cole's reputation from nxt coming into aew so that just says it all right there with the all the crazy matches that that guy had yeah but what we should do if that does not happen now obviously it's a long-term thing but if that's not the person who takes mjf it's not the one who takes the belt off Hagman page we'll have to come up with some sort of wager on that one so we'll have time obviously because it's not going to happen you know at this pay-per-view and I'll come up with my idea then as well. I'll think of before that show who I'll send it to you. So that ways we're going into this even who I legitimately think will take the belt off a page. Cause I agree with you. It's not going to be Adam Cole, Adam Cole. He's taken the, the loss at the pay-per-view. Sorry yeah. for fans of his. Yeah, I don't not, not happening, but we'll come up with something. And if we're both wrong, well, we're both going to end up doing something silly for the sake of our podcast. And if we're, you know, one of us is wrong, maybe we'll double down or something.
0: Yeah, let's do something <laughs> silly. Let's do something yeah. silly. That yeah, is, some that, is that is, a definite thing. I might even spin around in circles. You're going to have to capture that on, on camera because I, I, I can't do that. If MJF does not be punk and does not be uh, – Hangman page. I will legitimately spin around in circles on this podcast. There you go. It, it might be four I'm months from now. That. It might be four months from now, but you gotta capture that on camera. It's all about the world
1: title situation, too. That's the definitive thing right. ever. If if MJF is the one to take that belt
0: off, he
1: the stakes are gonna get raised and raised.
0: He will be. I don't know of any other person that could take the belt off hangman page except for kenny omega and kenny omega's out for six to seven months so i i guarantee it but anyway that's our second episode um i think i might have missed a few joshua Josh blurs in between there but i caught most of it um next episode we are definitely doing the trisha adora tony Deppin, 60 minute match we're gonna sit in front of our computers for an hour and critique the match. John will definitely be a little bit harder than me, but I'm looking forward to it. We'll see about that. <laughs> I'm looking
1: forward to it in all seriousness.
0: So yes. Okay. I won't be too tough. I won't be too tough on it. Okay, 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 I believe you. Um, so that's our second episode. Thanks for listening. Anything you wanna say? No, just thank you all
1: for listening. Whoever did listen, uh, as always, nothing but love. Love you guys.
0: Love you guys, too. Thank you so much, Johnny.
1: Heck, yeah. Take care, Justin.
0: Bye.
1: Oh, my God.